Chapters one and two of Sebastopol by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters one and two of Part two Sebastopol in May eighteen fifty five. Six months have already passed since the first cannonball whistled from the bastions of Sebastopol and ploughed the earth in the works of the enemy, and since that day thousands of bombs, cannonballs, and rifle-balls have been flying incessantly from the bastions into the trenches, and from the trenches into the bastions, and the angel of death has never ceased to hover over them thousands of men have been disappointed in satisfying their ambition thousands have succeeded in satisfying theirs in becoming swollen with pride thousands repose in the embrace of death how many red coffins and canvas canopies there have been and still the same sounds are echoed from the bastions and still on clear evenings the french peer from their camp with involuntary tremor at the yellow furrowed bastions of sebastopol at the black forms of our sailors moving about upon them and count the embrasures and the iron cannon which project angrily from them the under-officer still gazes through his telescope from the heights of the telegraph station at the dark figures of the french at their batteries at their tents at the columns moving over the green hill and at the puffs of smoke which issue forth from the trenches and a crowd of men formed of diverse races still streams in throngs from various quarters with the same ardour as ever and with desires differing even more greatly than their races towards this fateful spot and the question unsolved by the diplomats has still not been solved by powder and blood chapter two on the boulevard of the besieged city of sebastopol not far from the pavilion the regimental band was playing and throngs of military men and of women moved gaily through the streets the brilliant sun of spring had risen in the morning over the works of the english had passed over the bastions then over the city over the nikolaevsky barracks and illuminating all with equal cheer had now sunk into the blue and distant sea which was lighted with a silvery gleam as it heaved in peace a tall rather bent infantry officer who was drawing upon his hand a glove which was presentable if not entirely white came out of one of the small naval huts built on the left side of the morskaya street and staring thoughtfully at the ground took his way up the slope to the boulevard the expression of this officer's homely countenance did not indicate any great mental capacity but rather simplicity judgment honour and a tendency to solid worth he was badly built not graceful and he seemed to be constrained in his movements he was dressed in a little worn cap a cloak of a rather peculiar shade of lilac from beneath whose edge the gold of a watch-chain was visible in trousers with straps and brilliantly polished calfskin boots he must have been either a german but his features clearly indicate his purely russian descent or an adjutant or a regimental quartermaster only in that case he would have had spurs or an officer who had exchanged from the cavalry for the period of the campaign or possibly from the guards he was in fact an officer who had exchanged from the cavalry 
and as he ascended the boulevard at the present moment he was meditating upon a letter which he had just received from a former comrade now a retired landowner in the government of t and his wife pale blue-eyed natasha his great friend he recalled one passage of the letter in which his comrade said when our invalide that is military gazette arrives pupka this was the name by which the retired uhlan called his wife rushes headlong into the vestibule seizes the paper and runs with it to the seat in the arbour in the drawing-room in which if you remember you and i passed such delightful winter evenings when the regiment was stationed in our town and reads your heroic deeds with such ardour as it is impossible for you to imagine she often speaks of you there is mikhailov she says he's such a love of a man i am ready to kiss him when i see him he fights on the bastions and he will surely receive the cross of st george and he will be talked about in the newspapers and so on and so on so that i am really beginning to be jealous of you in another place he writes the papers reach us frightfully late and although there is plenty of news conveyed by word of mouth not all of it can be trusted for instance the young ladies with the music acquaintances of yours were saying yesterday that napoleon was already captured by our cossacks and that he had been sent to petersburg but you will comprehend how much i believe of this moreover a traveller from petersburg told us he has been sent on special business by the minister is a very agreeable person and now that there is no one in town he is more of a resource to us than you can well imagine well he declares it to be a fact that our troops have taken upatoria so that the french have no communication whatever with balaklava and that in this engagement two hundred of ours were killed but that the french lost fifteen thousand my wife was in such raptures over this that she caroused all night and she declares that her instinct tells her that you certainly took part in that affair and that you distinguished yourself in spite of these words and of the expressions which i have purposely put in italics and the whole tone of the letter staff captain mikhailov recalled with inexpressibly sad delight his pale friend in the provinces and how she had sat with him in the arbour in the evening and talked about sentiment and he thought of his good comrade the uhlan and of how the latter had grown angry and had lost the game when they had played cards for kopeck stakes in his study and how the wife had laughed at them he recalled the friendship of these two people for himself perhaps it seemed to him to lie chiefly on the side of his pale feminine friend all these faces with their surroundings flitted before his mind's eye in a wonderfully sweet cheerfully rosy light and smiling at his reminiscences he placed his hand on the pocket which contained the letter so dear to him from reminiscences captain mikhailov involuntarily proceeded to dreams and hopes and what will be the joy and amazement of natasha he thought as he paced along the narrow lane when she suddenly reads in the invalide a description of how i was the first to climb upon the cannon and that i have received the george i shall certainly be promoted to a full captaincy by virtue of seniority 
then it is quite possible that i may get the grade of major in the line this very year because many of our brothers have already been killed and many more will be in this campaign and after that there will be more affairs on hand and a regiment will be entrusted to me since i am an experienced man lieutenant colonel the order of st anna on my neck colonel and he was already a general granting an interview to natasha the widow of his comrade who according to his dreams would have died by that time when the sounds of the music on the boulevard penetrated more distinctly to his ears the crowds of people caught his eye and he found himself on the boulevard a staff captain of infantry as before End of chapters one and two